If your clothes are made in China, that's not good. Hello, I am Ed Begley Jr. and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. And I love taking public transportation for just about any journey around LA. I'll even ride my bike to power a toaster oven. And of course, I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. I haven't touched a bike since, well, it's been a while. I'm a bit of a reluctant environmentalist. However, I do love Ed. We don't have all the answers, but we do want to make a difference. Hopefully you will learn a little from us, and more importantly, we hope to learn from you. Because collectively, you know way more than we ever could. So we invite you along for the journey we call Begley-esque. A podcast to help you live a sensible, sustainable life, protect the environment for the future, and of course, save money. And survive the craziness of living with an environmentalist. This week on Begley-esque, the lovely Frances Fisher joins us today to talk about her experience at Standing Rock, her favorite green documentaries, and we get a surprise visit from our old neighbor. We want to give a big thank you to Audible for supporting Begley-esque. Go to audible.com slash sincerelyx to listen to Sincerely X, a 10-part original series on Audible channels. That's audible.com slash sincerelyx. Thanks, Audible. Hey, welcome back to Begley Ask. Thank you for tuning in again. Today, our wonderful friend, actress Frances Fisher, sitting down with us to talk about her latest endeavors to help protect our planet. Oh, it's so sweet of you to drop by, Frances. I love you. I love your work. You know, you've been I love your work. Tons of shows, you name it. I mean, for instance, I'll just give them a little bit of snippet of your work. I love this part when people do that, don't you? I'm like, oh, the cringe factor. But you've been some Not really great things. Not with this work, things. you don't cringe. The Edge of Night, Unforgiven, Titanic, Resurrection. That was a great series, Resurrection, mm. by the way. What about You're Not You that I was in with her, wasn't it Yeah, called? we played brother and sister. That's right. You're you Not did? You with oh, Hilary right. Swank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was wonderful. I started coughing, though. She has this incredible oh. emotional scene, and she's got a conjured up and she does she brings it 100 percent. did you pull focus i didn't intend to but suddenly i'm like i'm trying to hold it trying to hold you pull it focus it was so <laughs> funny it was so chekhovian that yeah. in the middle of this dying scene where hillary is dying and i'm begging her not to die over in the corner i'm facing the other way trying to hide it but it's something <laughs> it was so chekhovian welcome I we to my world yes. Francis. Okay, yeah. And, okay, just to name a few. Lincoln, lawyer, masters of sex. What are you working on now? What have you been doing? Because I, I know you're working on something. I just completed uh, an episode of Fargo. Oh, I love that a, show. Oh, my gosh. They're starting their third season, like, next month. It's always and so And Carrie good. Coon is the star of it, one of the stars of it. And I got to work with her, which was a transcendent experience. Because, you know, so often when we There's do television... There's some noise television, in the background. I don't know what's going on here. There's something... Oh boy, no, no. this is unfortunate. We are going to get back to what? What was that? What, I wanna, some, is there somebody? What? Bill Nye, the science guy, is here. Science guy. Oh my hey, God, Bill. we were greetings, having... greetings, just inspecting the solar unit. Now I haven't had been up through the hatch, Ed. I'm going to take you up through the hatch. No, I just came the booby down, hatch. Came down to get uh, footwear that was suitable for the okay, ladder. It's okay, okay. Vertical ascent ladder. Very good. It's not no slope, no batter to the ladder. Bill, we've only lived here a year, and now you decide to come by? <laughs> I couldn't be happy. Are you kidding? This is great. We can compare notes. I'm not sure what how many should I have waited another year? I'm here too soon. Yeah, I know. No. I'm here too soon. Look, I'm going to go open the hatch, gorgeous. and by that I mean the booby hatch. No, you guys, it's, for those of you listening, it's beautiful. Ed and Rochelle have made it. We now made it. the house is all super green, turned up to 11. And you have 9 kilowatts? I have 9 kilowatts. I want to show them to you. I'm still slumming around with 4. Today, coincidentally, the uh, Greywater Corporation guys are there installing my rain tanks. I love the Greywater Corporation. The they fact. did our Greywater system. <laughs> a little late, yeah. Yeah. 1,600 gallons wow. in wow. U.S. units. What do you guys have, 30,000? Well, we have 10,000 gallons of rainwater capture, and then we have the Greywater system adjacent to that, so we've got a lot of water. Okay. Bill, it's not a competition. No, no, no. No, no, never, never. Why don't you sit but down let me and... tell you something, Begley. I am watching you. All right. Can you, can you join us? We're just talking to Francis about her illustrious career. Well, I left your lovely daughter upstairs at the foot of the ladder. That I was sounds a little strange. Go ahead. Okay. So, how about that beautiful garden out back? It's quite, the garden the is gorgeous. The raised beds garden. looks like redwood enclosures. 
And they have a long pool suitable for swimming laps, I think. Yes. When the Can you do a flip turn? Are you good with the flip when turn? When there's a solar heater on that pool, mm -hmm. I will be in it. Right. Uh, not okay. until then. It's a little cool right now, even it's in Southern little, California. It's, uh, it's a rainy day for those of you who can't see through the radio. Yes. Or your electric <laughs> computer machine. <laughs> We've been doing rain dances a lot, and it's we been have. working. It's been yeah. very effective. A little mm -hmm. too effective a at Oroville. And the other dam... It's just a little climate change, everybody. Don't worry about it. I know. Go back into your houses. Nothing to see. Nothing to see. Now, we're going to get back to Francis because oh, okay. she was so telling anyway, me about... anyway, Fargo. Yeah, yeah. So you've done guest spots. And yes. you know how sometimes nerve-wracking it is, Horrifying. especially your first day because yeah. it's as if you have to get on a moving train. Right. It's a well-oiled machine and you're like a passenger. Yep. And you come in and you kind of have to have your stuff in your head already. I'm going to do this, that, you know, because they move yeah. fast. Carrie Coon was so present in our scenes that we went places that I wasn't even wow. expecting to Is go. Is she British? No. Oh, good. She's, she's from Chicago. <laughs> uh, a lot of Step, Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah. theater. Theater. And yes. we, oh my God, she's, she was just a wonderful scene partner to work with. Now, and, someone mm. else was in this. Then. Yeah. Well, she's, she's an investigator from Minnesota. She's uh, investigating a murder, so she has to go to this old diner, like Pan's Diner, which is uh, a, an institution in L.A., an old-fashioned, oh, yeah. like a 50s... Oh, on the 60s, on Pico or something? Uh, down on La Tierra, near near the airport. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> she asked this older uh, waitress, you know, do you know this guy? And, of course, I don't say anything, but I do start telling the story. And the flashback goes to 1975, when I was an up-and-coming starlet, and my daughter, Francesca Eastwood, Your real plays that, that role. Yeah, my oh, real daughter. That's lovely. So, uh, Is this the first time you've worked together? No, no. I, actually, we were in Outlaws and Angels together. That was her first starring role in a movie that was at Sundance last year. Oh, cool. And um, they asked me to play this uh, one-scene part, uh, and I figured out they got me out to Santa Fe to watch my daughter work, and I played an old grizzled uh 1850s weathered <laughs> well, prairie woman <laughs> you don't look anything weathered there's no, i don't know what they did to you but to make you look weathered you look like you've an irish rose who's never seen the sun in her whole life now uh, you started in theater right mm -hmm. in new york yeah yeah well i started actually in community theater in texas where you're from texas yeah well i was living i lived there uh junior high and high school i grew up overseas before mm -hmm. that and lots of different countries um, and went to school there, but we ended up in Orange, Texas, uh, border of Texas and Louisiana, oh. the Golden Triangle. Mm -hmm. It's Janis Joplin country mm. and a uh, very small town. Um, and I moved there in 1965, which was the first time I ever experienced prejudice mm. because having grown up in Italy and Turkey and Brazil and Rio and Canada, I lived with a lot of different types of people, right. ate different foods, learned different customs, learned languages. I spoke uh, and read French in first grade. You did? Um, yeah, and then we, then we moved to Brazil, and I learned Portuguese. But I, I experienced prejudice for the first time. It was integration, 1965, in Texas. And, uh, I'm from Georgia. I know you, all about you it. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a shock to me. Yeah. It was a shock to me that there were people who, would, who did not trust other people because of the color of their mm -hmm. skin yeah blew my mind Yikes. yep yeah well it's going on today again it's going now, on is this like all about mm. eve have you taken over because i was <laughs> away from the, the <laughs> yeah, scene wanna, for a second all, what happened here in my I, absence okay so i is started there a coup? Then, then no there's not a coup yet yeah um but then um you know i was working as a secretary for firestone synthetic rubber and latex company you and were. somebody dared me to audition for a little event and that got me into the community theater of Orange, Texas, and I did three plays there. Orange, Texas? Orange. I've been to Orange, Texas. You have? Why? I did an Earth Day thing there five years ago, oh six God. years ago. That was my hometown, Orange, Texas. Oh, my God. Yeah, junior high and high school. Isn't there a big water tower that says Orange? Orange, I, yeah. I so, right maybe. on Interstate 10. Yeah. You, if you blink, you miss it. I was there. Is it a suburb of Dallas? No, 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 no. It's Where's southeast. It it's southeast Texas. It's about 100 miles from Houston, right yes, on the yes. Sabine River. 
Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Orange, Texas, that's yeah. a trip. Glad to know that they had an Earth Day thing. They yeah. did. <laughs> it was lovely. They were very nice. They're wonderful people, and they wanted to do a lot of the energy efficiency I was talking about. If that ever happens again, let me know, and I'll go down with you. Okay. Yeah. Oy vey. So anyway, just to finish this little yeah, segment yeah. up, um, there was a New York City actor who came down to Orange to to retire, mm-hmm. and he saw me in uh, a Tennessee Williams play, my first play ever, really? Summer in Smoke, Holy and he said, you know, you can get out Alma. of this town. No, actually, I was so young. I played Nellie. Of course. I was course. like 18. Wow. And he says, you can get out of this town. You've got talent, kid, and you could become a professional actress. I was like, wow. I'd never heard that before. And sure enough, a year later, after I did uh, A Man for All Seasons and uh, Mame playing Agnes Gooch, wow. oh my God, I got on a Greyhound bus with my suitcase you and did went it. to the a Barter Theater. I, yeah. Which theater? The Barter Theater in Virginia. I apprenticed there for a year. That's right. You were in Virginia for a while. Yeah. A year? Yeah. Well, a season. Right, a right, season. Right. So I learned everything about stagecraft, you know built sets and ran props and yep, you know assisted there. the director and so it it gave me a great respect for crew which i always and a have great respect for me. acting your work is so wonderful you sure studied right. well and learned well you you're yeah ed why don't you pick some of that stuff up yeah i know <laughs> yeah. bill nye has just joined yeah. us ladies and gentlemen my former neighbor emphasis former right. bill nye i'm so thrilled to be here with you so she what actually, you know she likes uh, you and you know i, I just me. loved what you contributed to josh fox's film how to let go of the world and love all the things climate can't change that's what we're working on uh the next uh, films a documentary about science literacy and so on Yay. but that aside I won I entered under pressure of friends but I won the Steve Martin lookalike contest <laughs> and not the national one I won the one in the Pacific Northwest I won the Seattle one is that a true story it's Bill? a true story and then uh, I started doing stand-up comedy and then I quit my day job October 3rd 1986 roughly Joined in those days AFTRA, and then many years later joined also SAG, and now we are all one, which is great for me. And we insurance. are all one. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I especially as regards the environment, like, you two yeah. people have done more. Francis, you're there at Standing Rock. Hey, we're showing up. Begley, you should see his house, everybody. It's a solar panel festival. <laughs> it is pretty good. I got nine kilowatts. Thank you for letting me run out for a minute. I had to take Bill to show him the nine kilowatts of solar. He's a gearhead like me. He's a gearhead way beyond me. He's uh-huh. a scientist. I'm a wannabe. They're so competitive, these two. It's ridiculous. Competitive. <laughs> No. They have to move far away from each other. I'm watching you, Begley. He is watching me. I'm watching him. (laughs) But you know what? But you've done so much. Seriously, this has to be addressed and spoken about. You going to Standing Rock, you doing what you've done for Emma for years, Bill Nye out there speaking about climate change and important things, helping people, young people, older people, getting some sense of scientific literacy and its importance and how desperately we need it now. You are two environmental heroes of mine, and there's no jokes on that one, folks. Were you always an activist? How did you start with your activism? Golly, I think I remember being in Washington, D.C. for the Planned Parenthood walks decades, decades ago. And then I brought Francesca back for the ERA thing. She met um, Gloria Steinem. We were just with Gloria a week ago. My mother, I grew up in the city of Washington, D.C. That's true. And my mother marched in the Equal Rights Amendment Parade. And she told us she threw her bra in the fire. When, by the time I got home, she had a bra on. I don't know what happened. But Can we talk just, about what your mother did, too? Is the statute of limitations over on the work that she did yeah, for our country? Yeah, they were declassified in 1992. Oh, good. What'd she do? So here's what happened, everybody. You, you play the hand you're dealt. My mother was graduated from Goucher College, which is now co-ed, but in 1942, it was a sister school to Johns Hopkins. The dean of students at Goucher was Dorothy Stimson, who was the first cousin of Henry Stimson, who was the Secretary of War, back when it was called the Department of War, because mm. that's our business, is conducting wars. Now uh, they, the phrasing changes defense. everything, Department of it's, Defense. It's defense, yeah. 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 So she Paranoia. was recruited to work on the Enigma Code, this famous sure. code oh in my God. World yeah. War II. And I will say objectively, just kind of stepping back, my mother was very good at puzzles and riddles. And she and my dad would write limericks. This was something 
they did for kicks. You know, it's a form of odd poetry. So I, nobody knows what she did. She would not talk about it. They were declassified in 1992, 50 years. She happened to be graduated in 1942 through the dumb luck of the universe. I mean, she wasn't graduated in 44 or 39. She was graduated in 42. Until 92, you didn't know about it yourself? No, and then even that. I went That's with amazing. my nephew, my, young, my brother's um, second kid. We went to the party at Fort Myer, which is across the river in Virginia, northern Virginia. And there were seven gals there that had been on this thing that were still alive and made the trip, and they would not talk about it. They said, you don't, no, I don't know. I don't think I should. Uh, there was a big map. Uh, well, <laughs> so I don't know what they did. I don't Can know you, what she. What uh, is the enigma? I mean, I, I saw the movie, but I can't recall. So it's like, it looks like a typewriter. Right. It's a machine. If you type in a letter, uh, R, a different letter comes out. And the next R you put in, a different, different letter comes out. And so uh, it's very difficult thing to break. And it was created by a guy, and he called it a German guy. He called it the enigma for bank transactions. Uh -huh. The same way you have a passcode for your electronic banking today. And then the Nazi government, by all accounts, confiscated all these machines. There are thousands of them. I met a guy recently that owns two of them. Like, if you're into it, you can go to an auction and buy one. If I saw one of them at do. the Spy yeah. Museum in Maryland there. Yeah. They have it near the CIA. So, Ed, if you walk through that uh, cryptography museum. Yes, I did. My mom's picture's there. Really? She's in, I got to look for that shop. again. So She's she in a group. programmed these? Don't know. Nobody no. knows. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But what happened? They enigma. captured one with a German sub, I believe. That was a big deal. There were they two turning points. Yeah, they captured one from a submarine. And then there was a weather ship. The German army or navy had a ship way off the coast of Britain to the, to the west of Britain because the storms move west to east just the way they do in, uh, across North America. And there were seven guys on the ship, and they surfaced a submarine next to it, and they captured a code book. The actual book, the yeah, code and book the, that and goes these with seven the machine. Guys, they're weathermen. Oh, my God. I mean, People show up with machine guns. Jesus, whatever. You want the book? Fine. Take man, the book. The take gun. the machine. Albeit in German. <laughs> so that was those were two big turning points. And what's your mom's name? Her name was Jacqueline. You know, it's so interesting that your mother was able to keep that secret for so long, Bill. Uh, there's a wonderful thing that we're working with. It's Audible, Sincerely X, wonderful part of Audible where they have these stories that have gone untold for so long and then people start to share about them and uh, it's available on Audible. If you love podcasts, you love the original series on Audible channels. These series comes from an award-winning team whose mission is to take listeners to new places. Uh, so TED, which you might recognize from their TED Talks, and Audible Originals teamed up to create Sincerely X, a new original series available on Audible channels. It's a 10-part audio series that shines a light on stories so personal that they can only be shared in a secret. TED's mission is to allow great ideas to spread, and now they're working with Audible to provide a space to tell incredible, inspiring stories outside of the TED spotlight. From life-saving rituals to radical business strategies to the true impact of burnout, you'll hear ideas that may change the way you think. You know, I think this uh, Sincerely X is incredible. I listened to it, and it's really amazing what they can do to have these personal stories that maybe some other person needs to hear. Well, absolutely. I mean, people need to identify. So They need to know they're not alone. Right. And that's what's so great about Sincerely X. So that someone else has gone before them, maybe exactly. had the same issues that they did, and how did they come out the other side? That's brilliant And to about me. some heavy matters, weighty matters right. indeed, spousal abuse and other things that are, you know, often not thrive in the darkness and you bring them out into the light and then often very positive things come of that so well it's isn't it their personal experience sometimes they're talking from it like is their, oh, it's very much in, and his and mother bill's mother had a personal experience right. working on the enigma machine but she couldn't talk about it she was barred by law from talking about it and these people on sincerely x are talking about things and sometimes they're restricted by many right. constraints from talking about it and now they can and then growth for them and perhaps growth very, and, and healing very, for others comes right it's it's an invaluable series to learn more about the series go to audible.com slash sincerely x then listen audible and amazon prime members listen for free that's audible.com slash sincerely x.
And Bill, those stories are a lot like your mom's stories. God bless her, and God bless those women, the real women that are the subject of that movie, Hidden Figures, oh, what man. they did. Cool. Isn't that a great movie? Cool. Yeah. Use Oilers Love method. that movie. So yes. your family yeah. is uh, known for saving the planet. That's our business. That's right. <laughs> it takes all day. You too. The same with you, Francis. <laughs> well, you, I learned everything from you, Ed. She's you very, are being very so kind original now. Mr. For those environmentalist. Of you yeah. Just be clear, I lived up the street from the Begley's. That's right. And the competition's quite real. Okay? It was. Begley's got so many watts of solar power. I gotta have so many watts of solar power. Ed's got a hot water. I gotta have a hot water system. Ed's got rain harvesting, storage of rain. I gotta have that. You always made it a little nicer. Well, that wasn't so hard back then. It was kind of uh, Herkimer Jerkimer or some of the stuff I was uh, doing. The guys came and they drilled a hole through the vent. Yeah, the, the vent, the foundation the, vent. Yeah, it didn't look very attractive and at I all. I say was, that's Begley style. We got to change that. <laughs> he was right. There's, there was now, no sense of aesthetic. The place is beautiful. Thank Every you. wire, conduit, plumbing thing, let alone like the regular artwork Truly. and fixtures and all this stuff. It's gorgeous here. It's like Rochelle, Rochelle is Rochelle responsible was in charge. Yeah. of that's aesthetics, nice. clearly, and the wonderful so architect William Hefner. Yay. William Hefter and Rochelle Carson made the house look like this, and it's well, amazing. It's just elegant. Elegant and feminine. It can be done, work. and that's the point. I wanted to show that you, you didn't have to sacrifice. Green is not about, you know, living like you two want to live. <laughs> you no, and Ed. And, 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 and Rochelle, do not me go lumping me with what's-his-name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening, people. Oh, you got to drill a hole through the stucco. Oh. copper pipe, not 90 degrees, 245. Gaskets and fittings to yes, make it right, yes, of course. Yes. Bad we don't have a visual on this. You'll never folks. forget that. I should take a picture. Oh, that's gone now. That horrible pipe, fortunately, is gone for the, the birds. Somehow, everybody listening, the birds were fond of the insulation. I think they were. They're picking away at the insulation. Okay. Maybe they were just trying to get to the pipe because there was water there for them. Or I don't know. I just remember, Ed, that before, when you were a bachelor, and it was a bachelor pad. It was. And you would, like, ride your little bike to keep the lights on and all that, right? I didn't would. You, you would It was quite rustic. I didn't care about so aesthetics. Rustic. It well, was a solar power. Thank God was, Rochelle yes, came into yeah. your life. <laughs> ad hoc. It was ad hoc. It was Whatever so grabbed it and just poured it. was a solar-powered bunker, basically. It was horrifying. <laughs> Nonetheless, that is not the case today. But it functioned. you got to yeah. give me points for yeah, that. Yeah, it had a roof and had running water. I had yeah. very low utility bills before you came in with your blow dryers, my lady. <laughs> and ruined J'accuse. your life. And ruined J'accuse. your life. Yes, so indeed. So furthermore, if for those of you scoring along with us, if you're a world-class cyclist, you can put out a, a kilowatt. If you're just cranking, Uncle Bill can do 400 watts, 0.4 kilowatts. When you have your hair dryer on, it's one and a half kilowatts. 1,500 watts. So it's right. really not a lot. What I would no, do, no, though... No, in other words, you're, you're crushing two world-class cyclists drying your hair. Oh, well, too bad. Because I had my batteries do. on. <laughs> I had the batteries on that previous system. I would go, I would only do about three or four, 300 watts is all I could muster on my system. I had a little uh, meter there. But then I would put it into the batteries and store it to toast toast, I would ride about 15 minutes so I'd have enough for two, or two and a half, three minutes oh, of toast. Oh my God, oh my God, this is so not a conversation that Francis and I would ever have, this right? Is a, this is a movie. Yeah, like, this is like hey, not let's, this let's poor talk guy about walking the, around. Let's talk about the big game. Yeah. <laughs> Oy vey, okay. But it I takes all, you need toast. people who are gearheads to design the stuff and build it, and you need the aesthetics, you need the creative people, the visionaries like the women and we talked about the previously. Activists, exactly. The activists, the that get out there, all. the voice, the mouthpiece to It's all the part movement. of the ecosystem, honey. Yeah, you need all yeah. the many rivets to keep the airplane aloft. And that's the problem. We're now losing so many rivets from the airplane. How many can we lose before it crashes? The rivets in the airplane are the web of life, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, the plant and animal species that we're losing at an alarming rate. I know, oh, yeah. But like, it, just to get back to Frances, since she's here, I have to say, there is a handful of us us, and I'll include myself only because I, Ed makes me go, um, that show up and really do the work when it comes to activism in the green space. In I think in LA, we always see the same faces. And Francis, again, you were definitely one of them. Bill Nye, of course, is a, a given. You know, yeah. if he's in town, he's there. If but, he's not in town here doing it, he's in New York mm-hmm. doing it. Speaking, you know, walking the talk. Same with you. Talk. You're going to Standing Rock and bless mm-hmm. you. 
Yeah, well, well, Standing Rock, to me, it, it was such a, uh, like, ground zero for so many, many issues. Right. Yes. Not just environmental thing, fracking, indigenous sovereignty, uh, human rights violations. I witnessed, you know, the attack on the water protectors on November mm. 20th when they were hit with chemical weapons. Were you and, there? Yeah, I was there on the bridge. Oh I, I was filming. So is it tear gas kind of thing? Tear gas, uh, mace. Rubber bullets, concussion grenades. That's where Sophia's arm got blown apart. Sophia who? Uh, Wolanski. She was a girl who was there bringing water to the front lines, and they hit her in the arm, and, yeah, it blew apart. And another girl, Susie, got hit in the eye. A lot of people got hit in the back. It was a terrible, terrible night. I've never been that close to something so violent even during the anti-war protests of Vietnam, I never experienced anything like that. Yeah, I've never Water seen protectors like that. standing there, literally praying mm-hmm. and playing their drums in ceremony, and seeing these DAPL police, militarized Morton County police, and a lot of mercenaries just blowing them up. Oh boy! Wow. And frozen water too. By frozen the way, water. it was it was really cold. It, yeah, no it was it, it was in the twenties, about twenty six, well, so twenty seven degrees. That's when you really, yeah, yeah, hypothermia. I mean, it's not. It's just inappropriate. How about that? Is it's that a good word? Can human rights yeah. violations, Definitely. and it, it's still happening. You know? So, have you been to Fort McMurray, Alberta? Have you been up there to no. the tar sands? It's just creepy. Can you explain why? Well, this is the pipeline that yes, it, it is coming from, from that from area. Fort, yes, yeah. from Alberta so, down. The source. So it turns out that this part of the province of Alberta in Canada is a forest sitting on top this enormous layer of tar, which was an ancient swamp. That action with uh, ancient uh, plant matter turned it to this tar. And so... Uh, what they do, the, the process was perfected in the 1970s. They convert the tar to synthetic crude oil. But the extent of it is just crazy. There's and so much a, water involved, isn't there, Bill? Oh, well, not just that. Uh, when they process it, they get sulfur. Sulfur is a waste product. It's Uh-oh. extracted mm-hmm. from the tar. Uh, there's a material that's called asphaltine. You can mm-hmm. imagine. I can tar. imagine what that might it's, be. That's what the stuff is chemically called, uh, asphaltine. And they take out the sulfur, and there's piles of sulfur. We were in a helicopter with National Geographic that are four football fields big and taller than a semi-tractor trailer truck. And sulfur is a commercial chemical. People use it to process all sorts of things. But the market's not big enough. They can't sell that much. Nobody wants that much sulfur. It just sits there, and the smell is just crazy. So at that time, a year ago, September, a year and a half ago, the place was a ghost town because of the success of fracking. The price of oil was down below $40 a barrel, not to right. get too technical. Mm. It, to make that tar sand worth processing, it has to be $110, it has to be $120 a barrel. There was nobody, you could go into any restaurant, get on any bus, go anywhere. It was weird. And so... Uh, I haven't done this calculation in a year and a half. I haven't read anything about it in a year and a half. But two years ago, there was an analysis that without the tar sand, tar sands, a Canadian citizen is like the best developed world citizen from a carbon footprint standpoint. If you include the tar sands, mm-hmm. a Canadian citizen is the worst. No, is that true? Yeah, no, it's, wow, it's a, I didn't know you that. guys, it's a quarter of the province of Alberta. Imagine a quarter of Wyoming right. or something. And then that's more than a third or about a third of the forest. They just scrape the forest off, dig up this tar, and make this synthetic crude oil. And you think about Mother Earth. We only have one. She's our mother, our grandmother, is how the natives uh, talk about her. It's the raping well, it's not mother. in our best interest it's, as a living thing. To go in there and, and just destroy and leave so much... To waste. It's unesthetic for nothing else. That, but a friend that of mine also. took pictures of the Cleveland Women's March, and it was the best sign I've seen so far. There is no planet B. There is no planet B. <laughs> yeah, great. that's funny. That's great. great. Planet B. Yeah. Like, there's no plan then, B. There's no planet so, B. It's true. So they, we want science. Yeah. When do we want it? After peer review. Yeah, those are okay, so, those can, are so love it, because I'm not that clear on the, the... The Keystone Pipeline was the tar sands, is also... 
the pipeline that, that's going to go through Standing Rock? Is that no, also the tar sand? It's another one. It's a DAPL, D-A-P-L, Dakota Access, Access Pipeline. pipeline. Yeah. Okay, but the oil it's is still the same? No, no, it's, no? A different, different. it's a different pipeline. There are about 300 proposed new pipelines. Uh-huh. The thing is, uh, when you build a pipeline, people pump oil through it yeah and And, and the thing about keystone and and dapple is that none of that oil is going to americans it's all being shipped overseas same with keystone very little of it stays here from keystone too most of it's going overseas from keystone both of them are so why couldn't the pipeline go from alberta across bc that's another plan but the people there don't want it because it destroys a lot of forest in bc and why do we have to have it because they kick the can down the road this is what happened at dapple the pipeline was supposed to go through uh, Bismarck, right. but that 85% of the people in Bismarck are white, and they said, not no. in our backyard, yeah, right. let's push it off to the indigenous people because they've been poisoned for eight, 500 well, years anyway, let's just hit them up again with oil this. Companies wow. Just, well, we can run it through here, we'll run it through here. I mean, it's not just mean. They're, They're not it, motivated it, to do it any other way. Yeah, and, and what's happening, though, is that because I'm so glad that I went to Standing Rock because I m- met friends and I have lifelong friends now because um, one, of, one of the guys, William Hawk, told me a story about, you know, his ancestors are buried as are so many other native uh, families. Ancestors are buried on Turtle Island and that's where the DAPA police were stomping around with their big old machines, they even had a they even had a, a rocket launcher out there for a couple a of weeks. A rocket launcher. Yes, yes, just to intimidate people. It's not there anymore. It's called a stinger. Mm-hmm. I think it, a stinger. It, oh God, that's serious business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Just just to mess with people's minds. But they're walking around on sacred burial ground. That's where they're putting like the pipeline. Like you said, they've been doing it for five hundred years. So some people are never going to change. But I hope and pray that we do. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. I mean, yes, the burial ground and all of that. But then if there's a disaster, there goes their drinking water. But, yeah. yeah. And, and there was just a, a blowout about three but, days ago of another pipe. Pipelines are bursting all the time. Right. Another aspect of it, it's like the spotted owl in the following sense, uh, tactically, for those of us concerned about the earth. Right. The spotted owl is a cool animal and who doesn't love that? But it's a, a legal way to challenge these things by saying, this is my burial ground of my ancestors. This is where I get my food. You can't go through here. That's a legal way to challenge it rather than it just feels wrong. I mean, it feels wrong for sure, but the legal challenges can be based on indigenous species well, they're indigenous going through, peoples. Yeah, they're right. going through treaty land. One yeah. of the hashtags is honor the treaties. They're yeah. not honoring the treaties. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. They're just going to do it again. What they're doing is illegal. Yeah. The other thing, you guys, everybody, the world's getting warmer because we're burning the stuff. Yes. Right. And furthermore, I'll just put in a plug uh, for the Solutions Project. Are you familiar with them, friend? A little bit. Please so this tell is us. A civil engineers. My, I'm a mechanical engineer, but I occasionally slum with civil engineers. <laughs> and they have done an analysis uh, that you could power... United States, you could power North America, you could power 130 countries around the world renewably right now if you just decided to do it. In other words, we don't need extraordinary new technologies. We have enough wind energy and solar energy in the U.S., in Canada, to just get her done. But it means uh, instead of having concentrated uh, power plants, you would have a lot of distributed power, like on your roof, Ed, more importantly, like on my roof. More important. Yeah. <laughs> and, Mine's bigger, actually. Yeah, yours is twice the size of mine and a little bit more. Yeah. I suck. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, this is a huge opportunity. Furthermore, the wind turbines, the solar panels, the new transmission lines, which would be of an intermediate size instead of enormous, they'd be some new crafted or designed for this purpose transmission lines, would all be built in the U.S. by U.S. people. You could buy a wind turbine from Sweden, but you got to erect it or weld it or screw right. it to the ground here in the States. Uh, what is the website? I want to know what... TheSolutionsProject.org. TheSolutionsProject.org. And I just want to say due respect to the Begley's. 
These are not a bunch of hippies who want to live off the grid. These no, are civil engineers. Civil engineers, for God's sake. And your house I'm not proves a hippie. It, your house proves no, that actually, it can Rochelle, be done. That shows. <laughs> Two the, things about this house, Rochelle. You're not a hippie yeah. and you're not an engineer. That, right. okay. It's gorgeous. Uh, okay. <laughs> your house proves it can be done. Your very modest house. This house uh, agreeably more grand proves it can be done you can live with very little grid power next to no grid power the wind turbine i've owned in the california desert since 1985 put out many homes worth of power for all those many years we i agree i'm not a civil engineer but i believe this can be done and now they've given voice to that with their expertise well, go to the website it's quite cool they've done this very rigorous analysis can this I speak is about amazing. That? I'm looking at it right now. Everybody it's should look at that. It's the solutionsproject.org. 100% renewable energy now. Transition. So we believe Join we up. could get to 80% renewable in 15 years, and we could get to 100% renewable in, you know, twice Can I that. talk about national security, too? Because sure. also it would be, and I hope it doesn't happen, but it's certainly possible, people who want to do bad things could certainly take down power plants because they're in one big place. You know, this one here and that one there. How are they going to take down millions of rooftops? They can't do well, it. Yeah, they can't. If we put more solar on the rooftops, it makes us more secure as a nation. Oh, that's it. And, Democracy. And yeah. right? the other huge thing, Ed, yes. is you, don't, you wouldn't need an army on the other side of the world protecting oil fields. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Or, or access to oil fields. No question about it. Some aspect of it. So it's it's win-win-win, everybody. Well, also, you're go. you can re-educate, you can retrain people who are working in coal mines that jo- they don't have jobs anymore because that's antiquated. It's been automated a lot. So they, you can re-educate so them and doing retrain this documentary, them. to your point, Rochelle, I met a guy at Boeing who was a stonemason. We were in the Boeing factory where they make the latest version of 747, 777 and now the 787 in Everett, Washington, that they claim, I'm sure it's true, the largest volume building in the world. It's this enormous factory, you know. Anyway, the guy was a stonemason. Now he, he ties wire bundles. So I don't know if you've thought about it, but in an airplane, there are these enormous lengths of cables with a zillion wires that have to be exactly perfectly connected to the exact right thing. One can only hope. And that's what the guy does. So he uses his same skills of imagining patterns and working with very finely with his hands Mm -hmm. to do this new cool thing. And when you make a Boeing airplane, you sell it. It's positive for the national deficit. Money comes in, not goes out. It's good, good, good. And... My grandfather was in World War I on a horse. He went into battle on a freaking horse. Mm. Now nobody goes into battle on a horse. I mean, it's just not, no. it's not how we do it. If he had a choice, it. he would, but hopefully. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so there'll be a time when people are not mining coal. It's, I yeah. Mean, and you'll know about this, Bill. Isn't there some faction within the military that are using for planes and for ships and other vehicles that are using biofuels? Yeah, it's being the- experimented with. The best thing, Ed, what we want out there, if you're a chemical engineering student right now, or a science student of any kind, or you're a venture capitalist, or you're an attorney who's interested in this, what we want probably are hydrogen turbines. So we would take water using renewably produced electricity from wind, solar, tidal, geothermal, and make hydrogen, and then use that to run airplanes. That's that's looking like the best idea. This is a problem that we really want to solve. Sign me up for that one. But yeah. biofuels may be it. May may be good. There it's, might be something this there is too. Engineering. This is like nuts and bolts, people. This is doing the analysis of watts to joules, joules to watts to horsepower to whatever you want to do to figure out what the best way to solve these problems is. And it's an opportunity. We invest in science. We will advance the technology and everybody's quality of life will be better. We'll live in these mansions like the freaking Begley's with their own lettuce farm out here, a lap pool, solar heated, nine kilowatts on the roof, this luxurious table we're sitting at. I don't, I don't know when you guys eat dinner. Not. Do you leave the microphones here when you eat dinner? Yeah, we always <laughs> yeah, have microphones. Yeah, but they're wired. Francis, I don't... have a question, though. How do, how do we get through to the ones who want to keep on drilling? Well, we are, we need to we're do? of a certain, all of us Them. are of a certain age. But have you seen the electoral map, if only millennials had voted? Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. No, I didn't. It's all blue. Yeah. It's by Survey Monkey is the famous one. Yeah. There's a few uh, gray states, like Nebraska is like yellow, it's like borderline. 
But I think that the oil drilling people see this. In other words, in the next 20 years, this will, it will not be popular. But do we have 20 years? Yeah, After no, seeing well, Josh's movie that you were... right now. Let's yeah. get her done. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a half a degree and, uh, and the super Frank, you're making me crazy, man. I know, man. I know. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're talking. Uh, yeah, so the whole thing is I just really feel we have to provide this positive path forward, this optimism. Yes. And that's yes. why I talk about the solutions project all the time. If you can't uh, do the fancy stuff like I've done with the nine kilowatts of solar and all that stuff, or get a Nissan Leaf. You just rub it in. You, you just rub it in. <laughs> but do what nine, you can. Can I've you buy four. a light bulb today? Can you get a thermostat? Mm -hmm. Can you ride a bike of weather and fitness permit? Can you take public transportation if it's available near you? Do something can today. Can you get in the street Home. and can you be an activist? Can Absolutely. You it's all part of it, honey. There's three legs to the stool. Personal actions in your purchasing power, corporate responsibility, and political action. That includes taking to the streets. And also divesting this. from the 17 banks that are funding the pipelines all over this country. Another great way. You that know? changed yeah. apartheid, Bank the way people exit. got out of those, mm -hmm. uh, those places that were supported apartheid in Africa it really mm -hmm. is a race against time to yes. your point because the millennial generation is not going to want to do business this way they're going to change things but we want to get it going sooner than that yeah mm -hmm. we're, we're still alive yeah. and have some more years to live so I hope. you guys this has been thank you very much for including me <laughs> I horned in on on this fabulous interview but let's change the world check out solutionsproject.org Thank you, we Bill Nye. Yay, Bill. Space exploration brings out the best in us. Check out planetary.org. I'm going to fly. Bill Nye, the planetary. There he goes hey, in Bill, his spaceship. What's your new show? It starts April 21st. It's called Bill Nye Saves the World. Well, there you hear How it. Have it. So it's th 13 half hours. I think that's enough time <laughs> to save the world. So we did one on climate change, of course. Yay. We did one on... Um, we, fad diets, I mean. We did one on vaccines. These are all science-based topics. Ooh, we also I did know. one on video games. Uh, well, cool. yeah. Do video games make you crazy or just another game? I love you, man. Oh, I can't. Hug. I'm sure. <laughs> that was a Hollywood hug. That, that was, was a Hollywood hug. Sorry, I had this in my uh, Okay. Bye, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for dropping by finally. Jeez. Well, okay. Thanks. Are we still going? Yes, here? we're still okay, going. Good. We have to get to I you. I thought he'd never leave. I thought he'd never leave. <laughs> That's my bill. Um, okay, uh, so we talked about the pipeline, which uh -huh. is, uh, I can't, uh, I'm so envious that you went, and I'm glad mm. that you went because you have a voice and you will use it and that's really important well, in this the, day and age and and there there were a lot of us there a lot of us who were bernie supporters because of you know he was the only candidate to really even talk about the native uh situation there and shailene woodley was the one who got me involved right by using her social media platform and um we all got involved then josh fox kendrick sampson uh, there's just a whole slew of us went there to, to, to learn. And boy, have I learned. Obviously, the natives are the original environmentalists. Right. You know, yes. they would follow the buffalo and the fact that colonization put them in concentration camps, basically, where they were not able to uh, live the way they were supposed to, right. the, the way they had always lived. Sure. You know, no wonder there's a high rate of suicide and alcoholism diabetes. and all that diabetes. Because, you know, they were taken out of their homes and forced to be schooled to, to learn the Christian ways. Radical changes in their diet. Terrible, Everything was terrible, different terrible. and not better. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's something that, that I feel moved to amplify whatever their message mm -hmm. is. Yes. Yeah. Well. Chief Warren Lyons is an old friend of mine. He's one of the uh, great leaders of the indigenous people in the, in the Americas. And uh, he has worked with the Iroquois Nationals for years and enlisted my help. And he's head of the Onondaga Nation. And uh, he's been talking about this stuff for many, many years. You met mm -hmm. Chief Warren Lyons, right? Oh, honey? yeah. yeah amazing yeah. guy. He's the closest thing I have in my life to a spiritual leader. He's yeah. Truly amazing. And we have Hal Ray Halbritter on our board. That's Environmental correct. Media Association. Correct. And it, he just did the Oneida Nation, just did a huge fundraiser for Standing Rock, the legal fund. Uh, at Standing Rock and a lot of the tribes that's the other thing that was so beautiful about going to Standing Rock because historically a lot of the tribes fought with each other they you know that was just the way it was uh, the 
There were tribes. Everybody <laughs> came together. You yeah. would drive down that road and all the flags of all the Indian nations mm. That's beautiful. were there just flapping in the wind because everybody came together to stand up for the water because it's not just the water in the Missouri River that, that would be tarnished if the pipeline explodes. It's indicative of every single thing that's happening all over this country and the water, like Flint, like in Louisiana, so many places where it's poison. And people are being poisoned. I know. This is the this is what kills me. I mean, I, okay, I understand. You don't have a sense of polar bears or penguins that are going extinct or the spotted owls. But you do know people who have cancer, who have uh, autoimmune diseases. You have people in your life today that have been exposed to toxins. And there's no question, there's science behind this, that their disease is a direct correlation with their with the toxins they came in contact with yeah so when are we going to stop killing ourselves it's it's crazy but you know it takes a lot to change well and that that's why i was always for trying to have a, a constitutional amendment to end citizens united because until we get the money out of politics the big pharma and yeah. big ag is running our government because right. they, they're putting more money in on both sides of the aisle right you know and we just have to stop that. So what would you say in terms of being greener? What do you, what do, you do to be greener? I mean, well, other than speaking. When I, when I did live in a house, I used to grow my own vegetables. Loved it. And I right. can't wait to get into a house again, just like yours. <laughs> Completely <laughs> You're green. You're welcome here yeah. anytime, with a, with a wonderful, uh, like water, your filtered water all throughout the house. Right. And uh, you know, you're catching rainwater and... Uh, you've got your beautiful vegetable garden out there. Uh, canvas bags, obviously. Mm-hmm. No more pl- paper, no more plastic. Use the canvas bags for everything. You know, even going clothing shopping. Bring your canvas bags. Me too, bags that's what I do. Stuff in. Um, vegan, I've been vegan for years. If it's, uh, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm on location and they order pizza, of course, I'm going to be grateful that I can eat the pizza because I'm hungry. Right. But my my way of eating uh, would be vegan because I not only don't believe in eating animals anymore, it's just the factory farming of, of the animals like cows and pigs and chickens mm-hmm. and all is contributing to the CO2 sure. emissions. It is. The cattle. biggest contributor. Big, one of the biggest contributors because mm-hmm. yeah. that methane comes out both ends of a cow and there's so many cows you know, being raised and then killed and raised and killed and it's just an endless cycle of incredible amounts of methane. It's just something that doesn't have to be. And you think about, you know, the, the old adage, you are what you eat. Right. If you are eating an animal that has been raised in captivity without being able to move its entire life, filled Could you with, imagine that? Imagine living like that? It's torture. It's torture. It's torture. Like a friend of mine, we were driving by when we were driving up to Carmel uh, one afternoon, and we saw this huge massive muddy on the five field yes it's called koalinga yes yeah but you know what he called it what cowschwitz it is that's what it is these poor animals raised from birth to death in pens and how about the pictures of the pigs that can't even turn around it's and and when you think if you're eating these suffering animals and you're digesting that energy what kind of a person are you? You are suffering, you're sick, you're depressed, you're angry, right? You're fearful because they're killed very inhumanely. Besides the fact killing. that they pump them full of drugs. Drugs, yeah. Yes. To fatten them and up. And it's it's just so inefficient. It takes so much land and so much water and energy to grow a pound of beef. It takes far less water, energy, and land to grow a pound of broccoli, a pound of grain. It's just a fact. Yes. And so, and I've never heard of anybody going to a heart specialist and having open heart bypass, uh, you know, to take broccoli out of their arteries or valves. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that. And the thing, you know, when people say to me, oh, eating organic food is so expensive, I said, well, you know what? I spend my money on eating organic, fresh food because I don't have to go to the doctor as often as you do. 
And if you eat low in the food food chain, it's not that expensive. I find just eating a good vegan meal is less expensive than buying beef. And some of these other things also, you see some of the things like burgers and dairy products and what have you. A lot of those things are subsidized. So that's part of how some of the prices seem to be low. They're artificially low because of the subsidies. Right. So yeah. there's people out there who still want to do the right thing, yeah. who aren't going to go to that length for whatever reason. So, you know, you were talking about uh, Josh Fox's um, documentary. What would you recommend for documentaries or where can someone who's just t- putting their toe into the environmental movement, where would they best be served? I mean, what's the most pressing issue? Oh, there are so, so many, many issues, though, aren't there? Yeah. Um, Josh just, Fox, uh, his his first Oscar-nominated documentary was called Gasland, Gasland. then Gasland 2, yes. and his latest is How to Let Go of the World and Love All the Things that Climate Can't Change. You did that very and well. It took me about a year <laughs> to know. learn that. It's <laughs> a great film, I, I saw it. But it's it's great. It'll wake you up, and there's also a positive message. Mm-hmm. But we have got That's to do something. That's what I love about something. it. We do. Yeah. We're like fish in an aquarium who've learned to nibble at the controls without any idea of the ultimate effects of it. We're changing the temperature of our planet. And that's something that 98% of scientists agree. Could you imagine if you're sick, seeing 100 doctors, and 98% of the 98 of the doctors say, you've got cancer and you've got to get a treatment. Two say, no, you're going to be fine. Just hold a, a garden hoe in your left hand and you're, you're not going to be sick anymore. I mean, it's crazy. Why would you believe that? Yeah. You would believe what the professionals are saying us, but somehow people are in denial about it and they don't want to believe okay, what's Okay, so happened. say they're not yeah. in denial. So say they get it, but but it's overwhelming. Yeah. So you just sort so, of give so up. You, you know what? You look, you look for documentaries that are going to tell you the truth, which most documentaries do, mm-hmm. like Forks Over Knives or Cow... Yeah, yeah, cow conspiracy yes. or GMO OMG. You know, be proactive and say what documentaries deal with uh, the environment. Right. And you'll see a list of them. Yeah, Human up. Experiment. Yeah. That's a really good human one, too. And I think also, yeah. I think people have been overwhelmed with the scope of the problems. And now a lot of people are overwhelmed with the scope of the solutions. They're not sure what to do. Just do something today light bulb, thermostat, weather stripping, bike riding public transportation do something cheap today if you got a little piece of dirt in your front or backyard grow some food whatever you can do today do that don't get hung up on like well i can't afford an electric car so i'm not going to do anything hey i married an environmentalist i did my part you did your part honey you're covered and also also you know don't spend your time putting down something find a, a way to create an activity that's positive we don't we don't need to be Facebooking about, oh, how terrible mm-hmm. it all is. We all know it. We all get it. We're all looking for solutions. Right. Solutions is a key. Don't yeah. curse the darkness. Energy. I agree. Light a yeah. candle. Is that the... Yeah, light That's a right. candle. Yeah. You know, you work with Emma. You both are on the board at Emma. And, and they have a responsibility or trying to uh, get film and television and the media to put into programming because that's where a lot of people you know for the first time I mean Um, I have something that I actually am doing on Wednesday called the love thy nature panel it's a new documentary about nature and how important it is for us to be in nature and not to you know, get so much into our technology and our heads and all that, that we forget that we are human beings on this planet. And the more we can be in touch with the earth and the trees and growing things, the the, the more we'll have respect for ourselves and each other. Boy, it's do I the agree with that. You've yeah. got to get your hands and your feet sometimes in the dirt and get out there and walk around. You know, like most of us, I get hung up sometimes in the technology. And look at the amount of CO2. Did you see that website? And that's incredible. <laughs> and check out this website. And it's all important work to use the tools of today. But at some point, put that device down. Get out there. Grow some food in the front, front or backyard. If you don't have a front or backyard, get part of a community garden. Get out and hike there mm-hmm. up in the trails of L.A. or where, whatever Speaking town you live that, in. Speaking of that, remember yeah. when I visited you in Georgia when you were doing Resurrection and you were living in Serenby? Oh, Serenby. A sustainable oh, community. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God, you guys, whoever's listening, serenby.com, S-E-R-E-N-B-E.com. It's the most stunning Uh, community community that I've ever seen a thousand acres consciously 
put together by Marie and Steve Nigren uh, with an organic farm, mm. organic restaurants, uh, geothermal housing. They're just building the third wing of the space uh, to include elderly and teens and putting so people So there'll be together. room for me then. Yeah, yeah totally. soon. Is it Gardens of, <laughs> that you can go and pick whatever herb you need. Yeah. You don't even have to buy it. It's just all growing out there. It's the most amazing community. And they say... You the went reason, there, right? I you, loved it. Right? Yeah, I gotta see it. Stunning. Yeah. I, I just need to get a job in Atlanta so I can go buy a house there. <laughs> retire there in the elder. Yeah, I'm going to put in yeah. there. Do you think they're taking? They'll take. Uh, they'll take old soon. people. Yeah, they have a they have a place where you have to be over 55 to live, so that you know if you want peace and quiet, right. you can. There's trees. There's gardens. There's walkways. Uh, it's sort of utopia, isn't it? It, it, it is. Like, it yeah. is. And the people are fantastic from all walks of life. I know. They're not a bunch of hippies. No. They're very upwardly mobile people, but they also have... Brian Cloudus created a, a theater there. He went in and t- talked to Steve and Marie and said, we need to do theater. So they do environmental theater. They, there is not a th- housing of a theater right. they do it outdoors and i don't think they're just a bunch of old hippie i mean obviously no. they're maybe one or two old hippies but no they're they're it's outside atlanta so it's not known for being a blue area per se and yeah it's a you know uh, it's about f- uh, 20 minutes south of the airport which is really smart because you can fly in and fly yeah. out about 40 minutes south of Atlanta. So you know, if they can, hey, listen, if, if they, they can, can do, do it, it in Georgia, we should do it here. We can do it any, it can be done anywhere. Yeah. You know, and community yeah. is so important. I mean, that's what oh. it's about. We're so disconnected. Ed just went into Ed our garden and got a bunch of lettuce. Taste this lettuce. Oh. So mm. it smells You could yum. smell it. Yum, and the yum, rain yum. has just washed it clean. The rain has washed it clean. And the thing about, mm. even if you live in an apartment, you can grow herbs. Right. On your windowsill. And there are these things that hang down now. You can actually grow lettuce and stuff in the window. Um, if you really, really want to, you'll find a way. Even right. if you if you put something out in your front yard and, you know, dig up a little patch of garden or put in a box like the way you guys have. You Isn't know. that fresh lettuce great? Oh, now, tell me about... You know, it's just energizing, Francesca, you know? does she, is she an environmentalist too? I mean, I would imagine she would be, but... I, I raised her the way I did. I mean, she's on the... Well, it's not the Young Hollywood board anymore, at Emma. We're all together. She is That's on right. our Environmental Media Association. We need that infusion team. of youth. We need mm-hmm. Francesca so badly. We need young people to get conscious well, it's going to be you know, their planet I know. <laughs> they're inheriting it we messed it up so how are they going to regard us with what we've done as, well hopefully they as, vote you've seen mm. people come and go in the environmental movement you know what can you say to people to inspire people to get them to stay to stay the course and to do what's needed for the environment how do we keep this positive and engaging people it's like rosario dawson once said once you see something, you can't unsee it. That's right. It's hard to unring that bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That got rung for me years ago with Nobel laureates, people who won Nobel Prizes for physics and what have you, telling me about climate change. Years ago, Dr. Henry Kendall was a friend of mine, mm. and he got a Nobel Prize for discovering a particle, the quark, with another person. But he's a Nobel Prize winner, and he told me about many of these things. You, you have to tell people. Of We've course. gotten the information. We've heard from experts, people who are PhDs and Nobel laureates about what's going on. And there are solutions, as Bill Nye and the civil engineers who are not environmentalists, really. They're just mm-hmm. they're civil engineers. They know that we can do this and switch over to solar. We have to inspire people, get them to, to do the stuff that they can't afford today. That's a long list. And build mm-hmm. and have more renewables with the money you saved on energy efficiency. And that's something that's doable financially, technologically, and something we must do spiritually. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've driven a Prius ever since they were invented, and I lease it. I, I think that it's comparable to be able to lease a Prius just like it is to uh, lease any other kind of car. The SUVs, I don't understand why people are driving SUVs in this town. I really don't. But that's, you know, they've if got a lot of If you need to haul some haul barbed wire or a sack of oats, I understand some of these yeah. cars. But I don't understand yeah. to haul a latte and a cell phone around why you need it. <laughs> but if you've got a lot of kids in the back seat, yeah. you know. That's another matter. The, okay. Yeah. And it's about waking up and saying, you know, everybody is awake now. After this election, 
you know, you see the Women's March where the women and the men and the children Mm -hmm. all came out, 5.2 million people around the globe came out to just show up and say, okay, we've got this and we're going to find a different Mm way. It's the same with the environment. You know, get with groups, find out who's doing what. Like this solutions project, I can't wait to get on this website and find out how I can get involved. And and there's a map that says you just hit, you know, California, whatever, and see what's going on in your in your neighborhood. There's a lot of ways to there's get engaged. There's a lot of ways to get engaged and, and it's like find out what moves you in your heart. The other thing is is look at where your clothes are made. If your clothes are made in China, that's not good because the wages of, of people overseas working, it's slave conditions, and that adds to the problem. And a lot of these throwaway clothes, what was that documentary, True Cost? That's mm-hmm. another documentary to see about what is the true cost of this cheap clothing, right. like at H&M and uh, Forever 21. Yep. You know, the kids are all, you know, nine ninety nine for a shirt. Well, in like after five or six washings, it falls apart and where does that shirt go it may get on a boat to haiti as a donation right Right. to all the poor people you see if you look at what's going on in haiti all these this clothing is just dumped there not sorted out and it becomes trash wow right this is just one little Mm -hmm. link that that you find out about this cheap clothing so the other thing is it's like you know have three good pieces of clothing that were ma- are made in America. Right. Uh, non-synthetic, cotton, silk, you know, wool, something that's sustainable. Wool that's shaved from the sheep. You don't have to kill the you sheep. You don't have to kill the sheep, that's right. Um, instead of having all this synthetic stuff that's just going to end up in the trash heap somewhere. All the time. So the point is, is really just get informed. And so whatever your interest is, whether it be climate change or health and wellness, meaning, you know, toxins in our food and water, find out what hits you or the indigenous people of our planets, you Mm -hmm. know, like our Native Americans and, and hook in and get, get involved because it is up to us. You know, it really is. And we are proving, like you said, we can affect change, but we also have to take the first step. And that's yeah. the hardest step to take. Yeah. But it's so it's, important to remember that because there is no cavalry coming. It's us. Right. It's yeah. us that are going to do it or not do it and remember it for but, such. But also, we don't yeah. have to ever do it alone. We all have each other. We all plug into communities that are already doing it. We don't really have to reinvent the wheel at this point, That's at least right. the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And community is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Friends, family, you know, if you want to meet someone, uh, you know, I always say uh, about meeting a guy, I say, well, you know, what are your interests? Uh, mine happened to have been the environment. And that day is when Ed and I uh, reconnected after, and we've been together for 23 years. Now, I don't know. <laughs> You don't, you don't have to go down Notice there. Notice I'm silent. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about this. You know, get involved. Get out of your house. You can have these things in, that you want, and you, and you can have the world you want. Maybe. You, you yeah, can, but yeah, you can I'm be part of the going, solution. After all the guys that I have met on this journey, I still haven't found them. Oh, <laughs> maybe tomorrow. That's though. it. Maybe you lay, You put it out tomorrow, but baby. Yeah, that's right. I put it out there on a podcast. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, put it out there. They should be so available. lucky. You're yeah. a catch, young lady. Yes. Gorgeous <laughs> and caring yeah, and you intelligent. Are. But take one step. That's yeah. all. That's, it, it, that's, that's really it. what it is. Just take that right. one step, and that one step, you'll find somebody walking with you. And, and there are so many issues to get mm-hmm. involved in, and there are groups. And like the Women's March has all kinds of subcategories of ways to take action. And you guys listening to this podcast will give you ideas, right? We can only That's hope. That's the idea. We want to inspire people to do something. Don't get hung up on the problems, and don't get hung up on the scope of the solutions right. by going, I can't do this or that. Do the one you can do. That's a very interesting list for me, the things you cannot do. File that away. Show it to me again later. Later. What I really want to see or hear from you is what are the things you can do today? Do one small thing, then maybe do a medium thing, then maybe one day, God willing, do a big thing. But do something today. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Don't just stand there. Do something. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for coming out and And sharing. Being so generous with your time. And uh, that photo bomb, a video bomb from Bill Nye, an audio bomb, I should say. (laughs) And thank you so much for the vegan food today. It was so good. I love to cook. Come by anytime. Okay. Call or don't call. Just come on by. I'm cooking every day. It's sort of an open house around here. Yay. Okay. Yeah. But also, we want to we want to know where your listeners can find you on the internet. Uh, well, Facebook is Francis Fisher. I think I'm public. You don't have to friend me. I don't usually friend people I haven't had a conversation with eye mm-hmm. to eye. And I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. um, at Francis underscore Fisher, F R A N C E S underscore F I S H E R. And on Instagram, which I'm really having fun with, it's simply Francis Fisher. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. You're so much fun. (laughs) I'll be back. Thank you so much, Francis. That was a wonderful discussion. We learned quite a lot. Here are some of the main takeaways from today's episode. Number one, we have only one Mother Earth. There is no planet B. Number two, don't get overwhelmed by how many problems and solutions there are. Find an activity that you enjoy and gives you positive energy. Three, Sometimes we need to disconnect from technology and just get our hands dirty in nature. Number four, find out what moves you in your heart and find out how you can get involved. Number five, just take one step. You'll often find someone else walking with you. Yeah, like me. That could happen. It could happen. You could be that lucky. Well, that's all for this episode. And thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to Begley Ask on iTunes for more episodes. Support the show by leaving a rating and a review. We'd love to know what you think. Do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info and advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. We'll talk to you next week.